while I'm still sitting here working. So let's say I need that shirt, but I needed to say fun tea because I'm the fun auntie. You want me to talk to my niece and get you one? I got you. I need, I need, I need a fun tea we'll, shirt. We'll, we'll I, make it happen because we family. Um, you successful Negroes always try to get stuff for free. Make sure you pay for it. She didn't oh, say I free. Pay, listen, she said not she only do I shirt. pay, I tip. You tip? You tip? Well? I tip. Uh, well, yeah. I, See, I'm a fun uncle. I'm not a successful one. You're not successful. So, You're a fun uncle. Not successful. <laughs> listen. Listen, we're, we're coming right now because we were having this conversation offline. And uh, so, first of all, if, if you know any successful black people, raise your hand, please. Well, let me ask you, if, if you're a successful black person, raise your hand. I just want to make sure that we're- Got yeah. both of them up. I got both of them up. <laughs> I don't understand the mindset of anyone that says black people aren't successful because they don't want to be. Now, a certain segment of the population may be, you know- a, a, let me preface this by saying the comments are mine and mine alone. Y'all may hear some words up here today on the Deacon Boyer podcast that y'all not used to hearing, but I'm going to say it. And it is what it is because it needs to be said. We understand that we have some ain't shit people in our community. That's we, we, every community. We, and I was going to say it's every community. Every community has some ain't shit people. Right. And and we're we're pretty much OK with with, with knowing who they are. But to say that the majority of black people aren't successful because they don't want to be. Actually, let me read the entire quote because I want to make sure that I, I say it right. Uh, so, uh, so there are no issues that I'm misrepresenting, uh, that I'm misrepresenting comments. Hold on a second. Let me put it. The fact that blacks, the fact is that blacks are not as successful as they could be because they make choices not to be successful. That comment is what caused this entire conversation. I just, the fact is that blacks are not as successful as they could be because they make a choice not to be successful. First of all, let me say this, black excellence and black success aren't one-offs. They're not one-offs. We're, we're, we are successful. There are millions of successful black people in this world. But you also and, have to you also have to define success because it looks different for everybody. True. And in that and in that it looks different. I mean, success as a whole is is one big thing. But for each person in each community, success looks different. Uh, but the blanket statement that black people do not want to be successful or make choices that could possibly cause them to not be successful is like I said, as the kids say cap, because there are obstacles that have been in place and that are so ingrained into our systems that can stop us from being successful that, and then there are those people like your friend who want to pretend like that's not the truth. But when you go back historically and you look at things like redlining, for instance, there are certain communities still that exist to this day that have clauses in their lease in their deeds that say black people cannot purchase. I mean, it's it's irrelevant now. But back then, when the majority of generational wealth was beginning to be generated, they were stopped. So how can you say we don't want we're not successful because we don't want to be? I know people who have gone up for jobs who are more than qualified, but the only difference was they didn't get it because they were of color or a woman. 
So and I'm not, sure we all know somebody that's been stopped by the police for driving a car that the police thought they were too they should not be driving. But you know what I have a problem with with as we looked at, you know, the comments. He was shown Wells Fargo has turned down over half of the black applicants that they receive for either a mortgage for either purchase or refinance. They've turned down over 50%. And he showed the numbers between whites, Asians, Hispanics, and blacks. Blacks were, of course, at the bottom because Wells Fargo had turned down over 50%. What was the crust of it, though, that made his whole comment blind was the statistics for every other lender was shown. And Wells Fargo's numbers showed a greater disparity between blacks and whites and how many people they had discriminated against. And for you to say, well, these black people effectively couldn't get no, no mortgage because they weren't successful and because they don't want us to be successful. No, this bank chose not to lend to them. This bank decided, hey, we're going to lend to everybody but black people and we're going to let them sit down somewhere. And so that's the problem. It's like saying, well, if you had just complied with the police, he wouldn't have got shot. But here's the thing. I can be unarmed and get shot by the police, but you can get somebody who went into a school and shot 15 people or went into an airport and shot 15 people and, and or went to a hotel. Because they said they was hungry. They take them to Burger King <laughs> and you can get that person and arrest them. But I, I don't even have a gun. I have some Skittles, a Snickers. I have a toy. I, whatever the case may be, or I can be unarmed. I can be walking away from you with my hands up, but I get shot. And, but Just that's like the thing I'm not successful the little boy who was in a fight with a white kid and the cops jumped on the black kid and the white yep. kid was just sitting there. So what, mm -hmm. And he was, he was being beaten, <laughs> yep. but he got, he's the one who got in, in handcuffs first. But yeah. my issue with, um, with people who throw these blanket statements out, it's really, especially people who look like me, it's very disheartening because I, like I said at the beginning, what does success look like to you? And how do you gauge, are you gauging my success by your success? Because we're in two different fields. I'm a writer and my work is sporadic. Dante knows, I mean, I've been working on contract pretty much since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. right. They've been really good contracts, but contracts nonetheless. And I have not been asked to come on to anybody. I'm currently working for a software company you under always, contract. You always come and somebody, but go ahead. <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> You need to get him later, Emily. I'm still so I know. I, know. I, I owe him. I, once again, as a writer, I owe him notes. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, and it, it has nothing to do with my work because my work is excellent. If I, if it wasn't, I wouldn't have been hired in the first place. If I have to let my resume speak for me, and sometimes right. because my name is so ethnic, I have to remove my name from resumes to get attention. Exactly. Luckily, my insane. middle name is more mainstream, so I can I can right. shorten it and use my middle name sometimes. But and for a long time, that's how I had my LinkedIn set up. And that's what got me attention. But now that my resume pretty much speaks for itself, I get called for jobs. So wait, so wait, wait, wait. What is that? What is that when your name, before they look at your qualifications, your name disqualifies you? Because, oh, she's a black person. It, it, it happens. It, it, it happens. He has to be black. <laughs> it happens more than we think. It does. See, and I'm about to open up a whole other can of worms, and you're gonna be mad at me for saying this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. That's part of my problem when so many times that people want to place the LBGT movement in with the black movement because I don't know you're homosexual on your resume. 
But Raheem Jackson, I know black. I don't know. I don't know when I get that loan application, if I don't mark it, it doesn't ask you what your sexual orientation or what you know is on there. But if I see Shaniqua Jenkins and I don't like black people, I'm gonna turn it down. See, there's a simple thing. When I walk into a room for a job interview, they see that I'm black. I'm yellow, but I'm black. But they don't know your sexual orientation. And so for me, don't put both of those me- those movements together. I agree with you on a lot of those points, but we cannot ignore the fact that that particular community has been very ingrained in civil rights since the movement. Oh, I'm not, I'm not disputing oh, that. Most I'm saying the movement. Well, no, 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 I'm not saying that for you. I'm saying yeah. that for whoever is listening, because sure. some people like to discount that whole movement. And I don't think that's fair. And you can't, you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't yeah. discount. But that's, but it, it happens. Yes. Yes. Your issues are different. However, we can understand you. And I just wish that that community would stop fetishizing us to an extent and understand that we pretty much, yeah, we're all being oppressed. Yet yours is different from mine, but if we all got together, we could, we could probably work this shit out like that. Got a problem. Yeah. But I do, I, I, I am straight, but not narrow. So I support the community. <laughs> However, <laughs> they could do a little more. Now, someone, someone sent me a message. They DM me because they didn't want to put it on the main post. Um, and I understand why, because I was getting a little short. Sure. They, they felt, but they were talking about the income disparity between blacks and and other groups, and there is a huge income disparity. Um, and it's no fault. Is it getting better? Mm, eh, okay, next, you know, it, it's eh, okay. It's getting a little bit better, but it's not all the way there. I mean, anytime that you know, uh, of course, a lot of incomes aren't reported. You know, people are giving, you know, averages and they use averages sure, to, sure. to say this, that, and the other. But you can tell by how I, I live in I live in a in a nice Sean lives in a very nice community, very upscale community, all brick homes, you know, and it's mostly black for the most part. For the most part, it's most it's mostly black. Mm-hmm. Great. I don't know the income of anybody in that neighborhood. I live in an area south of charlotte that you know few blacks a lot of blacks mostly white i don't know the incomes of the people in here what i do know is that everybody must be doing okay because they live here because you know the price of the houses just like you're not successful though but i'm not but 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 on the income inequality on the income disparities I'm sure there are people that live in my same neighborhood that probably do the same job that I do and probably make a little bit more money than I make. Now, you know, and it's funny, but, but I would never know. But, point, but I would never know. But if you go to Ebony's point, you know how we just talked about the LBG community. Two days ago was the day where it takes a woman to make the same month as a man during the course of the year. It was two days ago. We don't. That's 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 all women average. You take into account black women, we still got another two months. You take into account black men, you still got another month. You know, so if we all join together and did some things, that's a different thing. But to, to Ebony's point, if we were all together working on this, on income disparity as a whole, and one of the things that other communities were taught long before we were taught was that you negotiate your money when you walk in the door, and you even negotiate your exit money when you walk in the door. 
You know, right. people wonder why. How did a CEO get fired and leave with a hundred million dollars? Because that negotiation happens when you walk in the door. Right. You base all your earnings on what you get in the door because people will tell you you're gonna get more money down the road, or you just stick with me for six months and we're gonna do this, or you stick with me for two years, we're gonna do this. Your money's made when you negotiate in the door, and we haven't been taught completely as a community. It's not a matter of intelligence, it's a matter of it took so long for us to get in the door. We originally didn't want to rattle the cage when we came in the door. So we were happy to have a job. Then when we got in the job, we said, okay, let's maybe talk about some health benefits. And then after, you know, 10 more years gonna run, well, can we maybe talk about some 401k? So for so long, we didn't know what to talk about. All we knew about, hey, can we get in the door? And and in some instances, we still talk about can we get in the door before we can talk about 401k benefits, you know, exit comp exit compensation, you know, whether I can get equity. Because me and Dante had this conversation the other day about how a lot of times if you can get a hundred thousand dollar salary, you may you may rather get a sixty-five thousand dollar salary and get thirty-five thousand dollars in stock of equity that you can use and grow that. So but we don't know we, we a lot of people don't think we're having that conversation because we're not successful. Well, I, my last job where I went into an office was with a company where we would be fully vested after six years of working there. Mm. I um, It was a fully employee owned. And basically, once you got in there, you were pretty good. If you did your work and stayed your little six years, you're, you're, you could just basically say your retirement was taken care of. Wow. So in the course of working for this company, they were sold. Oh, so, so you start back. At, you start back. At yeah, that went away. No, no, no. That went away. No, no, no. It's employee owned. So they had to purchase my shares from me. Oh, so yeah. I got paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I got paid. So if you're there two years, you you using good shares. Three I was years, there for, I think, I think I was there two and a half. And at the time of the sale, we were offered because they you said, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't know about because there aren't a lot of employee owned companies. And that is something that I would suggest that everyone work for an employee owned company, yes. at least at, just to get vested. If you only stay for however long the time is to be vested and then you bounce, do what you got to do, because I got a six figure check. For Take my share, and I was. Hey, not, boo! I, 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 I don't, don't see no ring. Hey, Ebony, how you doing, girl? <laughs> the day of the sale. Well, no, 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 no. I ain't get that much. I'm just playing. Alone. But the day of the uh, sale. Uh, uh, did you see? Did you see me move off screen when he said that? I was like, <laughs> mm -hmm. The day of the sale, we all became. If we weren't fully vested, we became fully vested that day. So Sweet. we were paid for our for our time. I have. Since my, my number is seven oh four. I have spent my money to a 401k. I did spend some. I'm not going to act like I didn't uh, sure. ball out just a little bit. But um, well, what I did was I bought a car, paid it off fully cash. So that was one less. But think about what I you just said, have. though. She bought a, you, she you bought a designer company, American Bulldog. But you joined a company where you knew you could you could end up getting a different type of compensation well, after see, a certain amount of time. Now, I didn't I didn't know what that meant when I first started. But sure. what I did was I became a part of the committee that supported that whole movement because mm -hmm. in within the company they wanted to I make sure everybody was educated about it. So that was really and that that was something that I did. There are a lot of employee owned companies, a lot more than we know about, and we need right. to as a, one black person to another black person for all the black people out there listening, please ask if the company is employee owned or if you're researching companies before you even apply, check to see if it's owned by the employees. 
check to see how long it takes to be fully vested. Um, once you get in there, you can make the decision on if you're going to stay long that long or what. Because once I got in there, I was like, okay, I'm only staying until I'm vested and then I'm out. Because yeah. the other things in the company made me not want to be a part of it for too right. long, even though right. it was in a desirable field. It was in the entertainment industry. But still, you know, it's it's a lot. And the job that I did, I was a video editor and creator. So I created training material for the people who were using the software that my company supported. But Dante, I want you to speak to this, though. She got her package right. She took some of the money and she she spent it, you know, because, you you know, you're going you're gonna to enjoy yourself, take a nice vacation, whatever the case may be. But then also she knocked out car debt, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then she put the rest in 401k. And now she's working back contract work. It goes to her saying success looks different from different people because the fact that you can work contract, the fact that you may not have um, um, insurance, the fact that you may not have a traditional 401k or set plan and those kind of things based upon that type of income shows a level of success. And that's why it goes to your point that success looks different for different people. It Dr. looks different for everyone. As someone who owns his own business, I have, I have owned my own business for 10 years now. For 10 years in this mortgage space and been very successful. We've had, you know, you have your ebbs and flows as a business owner. You have to learn how to, you know, when it's good, when it's great, and when it's dry. Because uh, there will be some dry seasons. You have to understand how to budget, how to make your money work for you. Um, and it, you're right. It is fiscal responsibility. It, it, you have to be fiscally responsible. You know, um, you can't. Yeah, you want to ball out a little bit. Great. You can ball out a little bit as long as you know, you know, how far to go. Um, but you have to save for a rainy day. In the height, I was able at one point to save enough for to, to sustain us for nine months. Actually, a whole year. Our lifestyle for a whole year, meaning we didn't stop doing what we were doing. We were still going on vacation. We were still eating out. We were still helping people when they when people needed help, and it sustained us for an, an entire uh, an entire year at the height of what we were doing, you know. And then there are other times where, as someone that's self employed, you got to figure out, okay, they they haven't paid this invoice. You know, we're sitting at sixty days now; they haven't paid this invoice. You know, I need to get it paid. What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to you have to save for that also. Um, and, and the other piece is health insurance. You know. I have to fund my own health insurance, Dedu deductibles and all. Shout out to Obamacare, um, but it, it is not cheap. It is not cheap at nope. all, and, and the deductibles are absolutely crazy. You know, eight nine thousand dollars deductibles. You know, you you have to do what you need to do on that. You know, and so it is. Success looks different for everyone, but uh, with success, this is what Danielle says comes fiscal responsibility. Also, yeah. Now, fiscal responsibility means. You know, you can have a good time with the money that you earn. You've earned it. Have a good time. Go spend your money. Go yes. spend some money. Have go on vacation. Make some invest in yourself. But all put for a rainy day, as as your grandmother used to say, put some away for a rainy day. So that way, if you're ever caught out there, you ever caught on, you know, you have to go out and work on medical disability doesn't pay hundred percent. So you can I keep speak to that for just one yeah. second? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Because I was also a single mom. So having rainy day savings is the, the suggested rainy day savings amount is three solid months of all of your bills. That's the suggested mm -hmm. rainy day amount. However, as a single parent, you might get 
a month. Sean got six kids. He knows how that Ooh. is. <laughs> Six months, pimp. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was six kids. I'm sorry. I thought you said you had six kids. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. So done with you. You might get a month. And and then you also have to factor in your child's needs as well. Correct. If the parent is paying child support, because if you have a parent that's paying child support, but you're still able to sustain your lifestyle with your income, my suggestion is put that child support in the bank. Let that be, let that build your nest egg. That's what I was able to do because I was able, I was fortunate enough to not have to live, not have to pay rent because I live with at home basically with my grandmother. But I had responsibilities of the house. It was everything that had to be paid for in the house. I paid for it. My grandmother did not have to do anything, but um, I still had to make sure my child had everything she needed for her her special events. And if, if she wanted to go on, if somebody was going on a trip, nine times out of ten, I wasn't able to go, but I was able to send her. Right. And uh, I don't it's wanna, all about speaking. Speak, speaking of your daughter, yeah, your daughter. Listen, I, I make sure you show her this. Next time I'm in New York, I expect my damn biscuits. All right, don't let me have to chase y'all down to get my. Okay, that was I'm the gonna, other gonna, thing I was going to talk about. I am a child <laughs> of restaurants. I grew yes, you up are. in a restaurant. Yes, you, yes, you my are. My parents had a restaurant when I was eight. <laughs> so. My brother has owned several restaurants. He is a chef. He currently owns a restaurant Seven in Harlem. Shout out to Harlem Biscuit Company. Shout out to Harlem Biscuit Company in New York. Shout out to Harlem Biscuit They're on DoorDash. They're on Grubhub. They are on Uber Eats. They own it all. Let me tell you how dope he is. Is it fire? No, is it fire? Do. So I'm staying at the St. Regis in New York. So everybody mm-hmm. knows St. Regis in New York, and I'm like, yo, it was we took an early flight. I'm hungry. I'm like, yo, who can I call to bring me something to eat? Breakfast. I'm hungry. I looked. I was like, oh, Boots's restaurant is up here. I ain't even called. I ain't even call. I could have called Ebony. It's like, yo, Eb, tell your brother to. Nah, I just hit him right on DoorDash. Boom, 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 boom. Within 30 minutes, it was down there at the same. I'm sitting in the lobby of the St. Regis, waiting on my room, eating the Harlem Biscuit Company. It's bomb. Now, I tell you, it was happy. <laughs> Doc, when I tell you that the food is the bomb, it's the bomb. So shout out! But to he's food. not—he's not successful though, he's because not, as a black man, he has um, no desire to be successful. I was just about to, to say that he uh, is the executive chef for Kevin Johnson's restaurant group. Uh, Fix. Wait, oh, people. we went there. So, so you met her brother when we were in Sacramento. We went to his restaurant. Sean. Yeah. That's her brother, Melvin. That's my brother. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's her yeah. brother. And you know they opened the fixings in Shaxo restaurant yeah. at LA Live. I know, I know. But but they're not successful. And that's what he that got that damn me. restaurant for a song. Let me just tell you, because it's all it was all the way tricked out. And but Shaq but let me say here. this though, though, sis. <laughs> that's what bothers me so much about his comment because we're sitting here com- having conversation about successful people who have done things in different genres. That's why Dante is an accountability. He is uh, a risk. He is an underwriting guru across finance. Across finance without bad enough. You have just spoken to how much writing you've done in different industries, whether that's software, whether that's show business across the board, showing the versatility of your skill set. You just talked about your brother and how he's an executive chef, also running restaurants, also opening up different restaurants and different venues nationwide from New York to L.A. But we choose not to be successful. My and the reason these people put mortgages is because they choose not to be successful. Come my on, sister-in-law man. is a clothing designer and she's freelance. She just dropped her line. So 
And she's worked for everybody. She was the the head of denim because, you know, Gap is huge on denim. She was over mm-hmm. the entire denim department at the Gap for years. So, yep. d- yes, yes, we have all. I, and I don't think I think everyone can be successful. I don't mm-hmm. think right. there's anything stopping anyone from being successful Correct. per se. However, you have to know how to move in the industry that you that you choose to find your success. Right. You know, but sometimes I think it's hard for people to recognize what the obstacles are. Because sometimes there's seen and un- un- unforeseen obstacles that are in your way. Once you recognize those, it's easy to go around those. Because in the financial industry, there's always there's where where Dante and I before there's always a, a ceiling where somebody thinks you're not as confident as they are sitting at the table. They don't think you understand as much. I remember traveling to to Hawaii a couple of years ago with our CEO, and we're sitting in a meeting with the governor and, and the head of this high rise. My bad. And so they're talking about grants and stuff, and they're talking about how they can get money to move this and this and this and this. And I'm sitting in the room. I'm the only brother of color in the room. It is 20 other people that don't look like me in the room. There's no sisters whatsoever. And I'm just sitting and I'm just listening and taking it all in. And I wait till they get to a point where they're stuck and they're asking, well, how can we do such and such and such and such? So I say, well, basically that the grant that you have here today would be used for this and the money that you have here from this is used this. So if you take HUD money, you take money from the housing authority, you take money from this, you can move to this and this is how you can provide housing for these people. And this is how you can leverage what he has over here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The room all hushes and everybody looks at me like, who is this and how long has he been there? And the thing is the obstacle that I knew was there was the fact that they thought I was just there as window dressing or to take notes or to be the token. And when we leave, the CEO asked me, he said, where'd you get all the information? I said, all I did was research. I said, you you brought me down here to do workshops, but if I'm gonna be down here, I'm gonna be of some use and I'm going to research what we're coming down here for. So when I'm sitting in the meeting, I already know what all the obstacles are. He looked at me like, I didn't know who you were. Of course you didn't, because you underestimated me. And that's another thing about us. We have to be overly prepared we have to be, we literally have to be the smartest person in the room to get yeah. a quarter of the respect that anybody else gets. And that's the other thing about his comment that bothered me because yeah. I know successful people and these same successful people have been passed over because of how they look or because they were right. a woman. And so you can't, and then it's also like, bro, you are from one of the most racist states in the union. How do you not? But then yeah. I think maybe he just doesn't want, you know how people have their he doesn't want to. colored. Yeah, he, doesn't he doesn't want, want to see it. It's he's, there, he's Clarence Thomas Jr. It's, it's no, a, I wouldn't say that. It's not I mean, happening we, we, to me. We, we, no, he's a, we, he's a straight up Uncle Ruckus. Don't, don't. No, we, should stop, we should stop saying that about people that have a differing, a, a differing opinion, though. We, we really should. He can have his opinion and and, and one of the things that we should do is not tear another brother down because he has a difference of this opinion. This is the issue. This is because if he made his points without making it about black people not wanting to be successful, that I was a, him that, was problem, that was problematic. Right. I, I wouldn't call him that. that. I would that, never. I would never call him an uncle ruckus if he didn't say that. But if he comes with statistics like say, you did, it'd be a different story, and I would respect your opinion more. Also, Eminem would say this when I was down in Hawaii, though. Dante called that CEO while I was down in Hawaii, cussed him out, and he was mad at me the rest of the time that we were there. And I'm like, I didn't even cuss you out. Dante did. But he was mad at me the rest of the time because I look like Dante. 
Exactly. Yeah, Dante custom exactly. Black so, person. I need to be mad at a black person. Exactly. <laughs> and so I got to spend the next six hours. You're high level. You'll do. You'll do. You'll, yeah. <laughs> and Dante laughed about it and hung up on it, but it's, it's my fault. But if he if he had put up statistics like you did, Dante, then great. We're arguing differences of opinion based upon facts. But for you to systematically destroy all black people and say that all black people are not successful, That's... or to say that black people are not successful because they choose not to be. That's not a having having a difference of opinion. We can have a difference of opinion of if that sister is qualified for the Supreme Court. But that's the bias that he was talking about doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. But a certain amount of people exist, automatically discount her because she was a black woman, despite the fact that she went to Ivy League and was top of her class. You know? So that's where I am. It it bothers me to see black men do their best to align with the white supremacist patriarchy mm. because this is the thing they don't you want preaching. your ass either and you want to be them because you're a man but you're, there's also that's see that's the thing for me with black men and black women relations this is a totally different subject that sure. probably go down a rabbit hole we're, we're gonna go ahead and go down a rabbit hole oh but, by the way by the way welcome to a bonus conversation on the deacon board we all didn't feel like typing and we're all working at the same time we didn't feel like typing so we decided to come on here and just have the conversation yeah, I'm working. we've been the thing, i am working i am is, working <laughs> black people okay let's let's do this let's go ahead drop let's go down the rabbit people. hole let's go ahead we're gonna drop black people into a box all of us men and women we're dropping all of us into a box we experience the same level of oppression bias bigotry hatred whatever prejudice i'm gonna say that black men want to move this way and move forward but they want to do it through the white supremacist patriarchy lens they want to be like black. They want to be as successful as white men. Okay. Okay. Develop that though. Develop okay, that. You got I'm not gonna let you leave right there. The, the Okay, because men, black men, look at their level of success is gauged by how white men are doing. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Let me stop you. Let me ahead. stop you. Because. Oh, you're frozen. I'm, okay, I'm go frozen ahead. No, no, we're just listening to you. No, no. We're listening to you. We're asking okay. like we're frozen. Well, yeah. that, but the thing is, in that process, they leave black women. I'm not going to say they leave us to our own devices, but we have to define success outside of the patriarchy. So our success is going to look different that way anyway. We want the same things, but we're probably going to have to go about them in a different way. And that path is not designed for women to take. And see, I'm with Jerry on this. I am too. My success is not based on what someone else is doing. I don't care if they're black or white. It's based on what I feel is successful, what I look at, what I want, what I need. That's what my success is based okay, on. Okay, but where do you get that on, blueprint from? Where, how do you, I, I, I how do you create from, that blueprint? I get it from that I have to do. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. You keep having to weigh in on this. Hold on. So... So my lens of success for me is based upon where I was before. 
my lens of success or where I'm going is, is based upon the fact that at one point I had been homeless. At one point I'd been evicted. At one point I've had car repossessed. At this point now, the house that I live in now, you could fit the house I grew up in on the first floor. That's not to say it's a materialistic thing that makes me see the success. It's success because my niece is able to live, live here with me while she's doing her PhD and not paying any bills because God blessed me to be able to open up my home to someone else. Success for me is I had a nephew when he graduated from college said, hey, Unc, I want to buy a house. So I said, come back to me when you save 10 grand. Gave him a path to do that. He went and stayed with his parents, saved some money, came out. I put him in a house. Five years later, he just bought a new house for his wife and his, his child. That's success for me being able to help the generation behind me. I view the things that I have as a way to bless somebody else. If I did not have this house, I wouldn't be able to have my niece here living and not paying no bills. If I didn't have this house, when my nephew didn't have a place to stay, I was able to get him. I view success by what one of my professors did when I was in North Carolina A&T State University. You know, I'm an When Hurricane Katrina happened, he was able to go down to New Orleans and pick up 20 of his family members and bring them back to Greensboro, North Carolina, and them all stay with him. If he had not had that house and that source of income, that would have been, he wouldn't have been able to do that. So for me, success was for him being able to help his family. So I view it through that lens of what we learned as a black person is that we can't go nowhere without the community all being invested in each other. Right. But so, what you so have, you. what you have is a village mentality. I have a what? And yeah, I do. A village mentality. I do. I do. And that, that lines up, that does not traditionally line up the way with most black people that lines up your mindset lines up more with Asians and Hispanics. I can agree with that. And I'm I, can not agree saying, with, I can agree with that. And I'm not saying that a lot of people don't have village mentality, but there is a difference between a village mentality and a singular mentality. Sure. The majority of, course, of Caucasians of have singular mentality and you can tell that in their speech. If you go to a, um, when I was in college, I took this class and the teacher wanted us to interview each other. The teacher made a point of saying how black people spoke of themselves because when we spoke of ourselves, we spoke of ourselves in a familial type of way. My mom is this person. She does this. My dad is this person. He does that. Mm -hmm. I'm this person. I do this. But we never we don't leave our families behind. The Caucasians in the same class their whole mentality was singular. I, I, me, me. They didn't talk about their family. They didn't think about that kind of stuff. The Everybody doesn't have that. More people should. Most women do because we are naturally the caretakers. So most of us have that mentality. But there are a lot of Black men who don't have that mentality. They don't want that mentality. So they want to align with the white supremacist patriarchy. Are you feeling me? I understand you saying, but I'm laughing at Dante with Mr. Allegedly. I'm laughing at him too, because it's it's not alleged. <laughs> it's not alleged. Well, I mean, no. Well, to 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 Ebony Jerry has this question: How do you explain Black Wall Street and similar movements? Those were those places. I believe they were there out of necessity at it, the time. It was, it was all about. It was village. It was it was a it was community, right? We exactly there was a community. 
of black people who were business people, who were business people who had Black Wall Street was all businesses in this three, two, three block radius in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And why can't we have that now? Somebody well, I mean, ask me. Ask I me. Mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I can tell you one of the reasons why we can't have that now, because we don't really have a community where we all are. That's we don't, because we don't of the have singular that. mentality. That's what that's exactly what I'm referring we, to. We, we because we're supposed to look to our men as leaders, correct? That's what that's what we've been told, right? But if our leaders are only thinking of themselves, then how are we supposed to what are we supposed to emulate? When we have a village, we can't leave our village behind. Part of the problem is so many times our villages continue to get destroyed. Just as you alluded to redlining and stuff in the very beginning, there are so many cities across America where there was a black Wall Street or there was a black thriving neighborhood where you could look to the men. You could look to the women as nurturing. You could look to the, the men as leaders. You could look to the children as respectful. You can look at all of that. And then they said, hey, this is this city, this um, this is too successful. So we need to put an airport there. Oh, we need to put a road, a highway there, yeah, like in Charlotte, domain, 277, in Durham, right. the Durham Freeway. All these places were put in and went straight through black neighborhoods. So when we started to build some wealth, so now it's like every so many generations, black people have to have their wealth reset. You know, we got we gained more wealth than we ever gained at one time in the, in the Reconstruction. And then slowly but surely, all of that wealth was taken from us. Then we gained so much wealth. And then shortly after World War II. All that wealth was taken away. Then we gained some more wealth. And then right after the 60s movement, so many wealth was taken away from us. Unfortunately, every time as a movement, when we move towards wealth, certain powers that be take a lot of that wealth away. And then another thing that makes us lose wealth, though, and Dante and I had a conversation about this the other day on the Deacon's board, was the fact that not enough black people do estate planning. That's Your wealth funny. ends oh, with you. Oh Your wealth ends the moment you eat. It's like, here's the thing. My son is, is, is 21. I have this nice house and I have some life insurance. I have a will because I understand the dynamics of having a will. But you look at Prince didn't have a will. Michael Jackson didn't have a will. Our most successful people don't have wills. And so you figure out where's, where's your assets going to go. The state's going to take everything it can. Probate's going to be going to tie a lot of stuff up. But we don't have plan. And then you don't have a will just so your family can continue the standard of living. A will is not just to bury you. A will is to make sure that your wife, after you're left, has a standard, can keep that same seven limit and replace that income. But not enough of us have wills to make sure that that continues on. Well, Why you gotta a do lot a bake sale to, to, to bury somebody? Why you gotta do a GoFundMe to bake to 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 to, to um now, to bury someone? Now to this his point, Dante now. And I knew, this, this is the last thing I'm gonna say. And I'm gonna shut up. This is the thing that not enough people understand that Dante and I talked about ad nauseum. Life insurance is part of any financial plan. So many more black folks are investing now, and we love that. So many more black folks are in Bitcoin now. We love that. So many black folks are in index funds. We love that. As professionals, as, as, as financial professionals, me and Dante talk about it all the time. But it's still so many people who now have money but still don't have life insurance. It's so all that wealth you built up. You got to go bury it and your wife gets to, gets to live off of that, that money or your children have to divide that or, or sell the land that you have and then they got no wealth and they got to start over again. It is a pet peeve of mine because now one thing that you said I do agree with, and I don't know if he said it on the post on my post or we were talking about the different posts, was that we spent a lot of time balling out and not taking and some of us spent a lot of time balling out and not taking care of the basic necessities. And I believe 
I truly believe if you have a Louis Vuitton purse, a coach purse, a Michael, a Michael Kors purse, any any designer jeans on your ass and on your feet and on your eyes and on your body, then you can afford to have life insurance. It's a basic. It's basic. Don't leave your family. You out can get there. it through your bank. You and can get take it out a monthly bank. debit. Right. It's it's not expensive. There's so many do. ways to do it where and, it doesn't even affect your day to day. And we're not saying that you have to have a million dollar policy, but at least have 10, 10 to $15,000 so they can bury you because that's how much it's going to cost to bury you and your family shouldn't be responsible. Now, 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 I, how can I say this not sound cruel? If you want to be cremated, then, you know, leave, leave a policy, find out how much it costs to cremate you and leave it that amount. It costs $2,000 to get cremated. So get a five thousand dollar policy. Get a five thousand dollar policy so your kids can have some change to go get some chicken right. afterwards. But <laughs> but but you should but you should have enough life insurance that will cover what we like to call your estate when you die. So it covers your yep. bills when you die. So you know if you owe five hundred thousand dollars on your house, then you need a minimum of maybe probably a million dollar policy. So that way, because if you own a five hundred thousand dollar house, you probably have another hundred thousand dollars worth of bills to go along with it, whether it's your car credit cards, loans, Something. whatever. You have something, get the policy so you can so your family doesn't have to struggle when you're gone because that income and also replace your income for maybe a year or two. So that way, you know, they can just maintain what they have and I'll pay off the other bills. Cuz mm -hmm. your job some jobs take insurance out on you. Yes, they do. Yes, they I got I got 150 in my job just because they offered it. I was like, shoot. I'm going to get some here. I got a policy over here, but if why not have this over here too? Well, yep. so and like I said, some banks. Um, if there's anybody out there who is interested in that, check with your bank because sometimes they have policies that you can have automatically debited from your bank account. Yep, and I know the credit union does as well because I remember when I was getting paper statements, they used to have that little flyer actually in there when they used to mail you the paper statements out every month. So it's it's there for it. But the thing is, it's. Part of being successful is continuing that legacy. The Bible says a wise man takes care of his children's children. So your wealth should not stop with you. And that's one of the reasons they stay so far ahead of us in that aspect. So that part is something that is on us. But that still doesn't say you're you're failing as, as being somebody successful. So. So, so back to the back to the original topic at hand. Sure. And, and yes, I know we're going long. Hassel's actually getting ready to come on in a minute. Brother um, James. Hey, that's my friend. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's your friend. Okay. He's funny to me. Um, I got a lot of friends that are successful. You know, I got a lot of friends that are successful. They yeah. must not be black. They must not be black. You're so stupid. I'm back, ridiculous. Back to the original conversation. <laughs> the facts. Look, we know the mortgage industry is probably one of the most, I should say racist, one of the most biased industries ever. And it starts before the loans even get to the bank. Mm -hmm. We know this already. We know this based on the realtor that you call where they take you to see houses. Let's just let's just say that, you know, and, and, and it ain't it ain't just white people doing it either. There are black realtors that will take black people to the worst houses because that's where they feel they should live, because this is an area yep. where mostly black people live. So obviously you want to be there. It, it it happens all the time. So I'm not the bias is is against black people and it can happen with black people. Shoot, look what happened to Ryan Cooler in Atlanta in a, in a majority black city with a black teller and a black person. I was about to manager. say by a black person. Right, right. <laughs> you know, he he that was crazy to me because he 
So it's not it when we say racism or bias, it ain't always black and white because it it could be against us also. We do it to ourselves a but lot. It's, it's the ingrained white supremacy that we have grown up in. Some of us have resisted it, some of us have not. So when you talk about things like that, you you have to talk about the systems that have been created to ensure black people are marginalized in some way. Because like you said, it's it happens in the mortgage industry, we know that. It happens with redlining, we know that. It happens but it happens to the house, to the to the dirt that the house is sitting on where it's where it's laid. So for someone to think that success is something that we don't want when we're conscious enough to know that success can be taken from us with the blink of an eye is it's ridiculous yeah and it's amazing to me though that you're saying to yourself i don't want to be successful because he wasn't a white dude so obviously if you believe black folks aren't successful because of themselves and either you're telling yourself one you're not successful or two you don't want to be successful and it's well, your you know, own, my your question own for him is he is my question for him is because he doesn't seem like he's not a person that's about his business right. my question for him is what made you different mm. what happened in your life mm. your black ass life that made you successful but it won't do the same for this person over here that's maybe have my the white, question maybe have the white savior complex no, 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 no. I, I, think, I don't know him, so I haven't spoken to him. I'm just going off his comment that was ignorant. I, I, I think that, and one of the things that I said over and over again, saw so you need a better circle of friends, right? So where are you? Because I know some people from Charleston that are successful, and then I know some people from Charleston that are swear they'll never go back. Yeah. Uh, because of how that, because of how that particular city is. Um, and and let's let's face it, you know, Charleston was a one of the worst areas going back through from 1968 all the way back. So a lot of that behavior is, is still ingrained in the community there. A lot of it is. I'm not and sure. And they're still giving slave tours and taking you to the slave auction And that's site. another thing I was going to say. I live in Los Angeles. So really? No, really? My, my, my bills look different from someone who lives in South Carolina. If I took this pay that I currently make to South Carolina... I would look successful as fuck too, but, <laughs> but in Los Angeles, I live in a two-bedroom apartment. So you also have to. There's there's levels to. It looks this. different. It looks different. It looks different. Yeah, for so what I'm paying but, here, I would be in the hood in LA. Yeah, I would be in a one-bedroom shack. Let me LA. just tell you how I would look like the biggest baller if I lived in South Carolina. Yeah. The pay from my my contract job, yeah. I would look like I was balling out. But you. But, are. but the question is also for this same contract job. If I live there, would they have offered me the same amount of money they offered me because I live here? Probably right. not. Probably right. not. Right. Probably not. Probably not. Well, I mean, look, there's a lot. There, there, there are so many things that we can talk about. And for those that are just joining us for the first time, look, these are conversations that we have. Just like you have conversations with your friend, uh, friends. I have conversations with my friends, and we're not scared to have them publicly um, because they're they're important conversations. Lack of and, proper education. That's cap. There are a lot of white people who don't have degrees who are uh, positions all over the place. That's cap. Don't believe. Okay, can you explain cap for me? Because I'm a little old. What I'm the sorry. The children cap? say cap, but that means that you're lying. <laughs> As well, we are taught that the American dream is to get rich and move on up. We are not taught to invest in us and build for us. What is who is us? Right. That's see. That's the 
everything has to be quantified. Every single thing has to be quantified. Because he said lack of education. That's not true. Because one thing that my mother used to say, rest her soul, is she would never give money to white homeless people. And I one day I asked her, why do you not give money to them? But you get she said, because that white man can walk into a job and get it before my black ass with all my degrees can. It doesn't matter. We can have, that's what I'm saying. We can have every single thing, but then we'll have some, be qualified for everything over and over again, but then have some white man on TV talking about they want to see our LSATs. Yeah. Oh, now let me say something, Dante. I know we're about to end this, but this is something you're going to we, we, we can keep going, man. Let's keep going. Yeah. I have, you know, this, now, this is, this, this well, is I got to go because I got some. Yeah, we okay. know. Well, I'm supposed to be yeah, working, too. Yeah, this hit me you're, better. You're, I want you to talk contract, about this next digital really next time. Here's, here's what hit me today. So Hampton University, which used to be Hampton Institute, just gave free tuition, room and board to 50 to 100 refugees from Ukraine. Why? That's my question. Now, did you give it to the refugees from Ukraine that were African who were being discriminated against and couldn't leave the border because they had children, women, white men, other Europeans, and then African students last when it came out a list of letting people out of the country. So are those the people that have happiness beyond that come to school? Or are you giving it to the European, Ukraine, Ukraine? I'm not you, you put us on mute. You're on mute, sis. You're on mute, Ab. Take your phone off of mute. Uh, I don't know what she did. She got an iPhone. See, right that, there. That she didn't come up to the Android side like I told you. That, she was, right there. that was the Lord telling her to shut her mouth. She was ready to say something crazy. Her internet must have been. All right, there you are. You, you there, Ed? Speak, speak. No. Go out and come back in. I'll let you back in. Um, Come from Chicago. Let me read Jerry's comment real quick. When I say education is teaching black side investors, I come from Chicago. I was never taught that. When I moved to Oklahoma, Oh, white man told me about buying my land for my family to carry on to. I mean, it is a, a lot of behavior is learned behavior, right? So, you know, a lot of our parents didn't know or didn't have or, you know, my, my parents were homeowners when I was younger and, and their, her, my, my parents' parents were homeowners. So that was something that, you know, that I knew was a goal. Plus, you know, I started working in the mortgage business when I was 20 years old, 19 years old. So I understood, you know, homeownership and, and finances. Um, even, even when I jacked my finances up, I still understood it. Um, uh, it is, we, we have to do, we have to do better at, at teaching the next generation and not just, you know, teaching by saying, Oh, you, you should do this. You should do that. Really teaching them the fundamentals. Yeah. No, look, look, reading a credit report or understanding credit cards and this, that, and the other should be a requirement when you're, uh, in, in high school, before you graduate high school, you should know how to balance your checking account. I mean, we don't do it with the we don't do it with the ledgers any at least right anymore. Sure, I, I don't even know where my checkbook is to be honest with you. I couldn't tell you. If you ask me, but you're looking at your statements to see what your end going out though is. But I know what's coming in and I know what's going out. But if you ask me, if you told me Dante, I'll give you a million dollars. You produce your checkbook right now. I'm I'm, I'm out. I I couldn't do it. You know the but only reason you why said, I Dante? can is because my my landlady only takes checks. So that's the only reason wow. why I have checks. We we gonna talk about you in a minute. But <laughs> but also to your point, Dante, see your parents owned homes and your grandparents owned homes, whereas my parents didn't. My parents, both my parents did not own homes until after I was away in college. So I never had that blueprint. And you know that there's that meme that everybody says, we wish black people would talk about finances as much as they talk about religion. Well, religion was all we had for so long. 
we didn't have any financial knowledge. You know, it is it was a rarity when someone in our community knew about how to invest, knew about how to, you know, how to gain wealth, knew about how to subdivide land, knew about how to get a mortgage, knew about how to, you know, properly use credit cards. You know, so many of us went to college and that was your first introduction to credit cards when the dude standing out there saying, if you want a thesaurus and a, and a dictionary, if you sign this credit card application, we'll get you those and you got a credit card and you ran it up and then you messed it up. You right. had knowledge in 19 that a lot of people didn't. And, and I didn't get the knowledge that I had until I got into banking. And so I passed that on. Now, both my nephews, I helped put into a house. I helped put a sister and a brother in a house. I helped, I'm helping a niece get ready for homeownership. So you're right. We need to pair each other. But a lot of us didn't have the knowledge. See, you can't, you can't get mad at yourself for what you didn't know when you didn't know it. But right. you can get mad at yourself for knowing it now and not sharing it and not applying it. Because people always say knowledge is power. No, knowledge applied is wisdom. That gives you power. So maybe I'm kind of slow. I don't get that much. So. Oh, I got, I got, uh, I froze on when you were talking about the Ukrainians who were offered to Yeah, go on talk about that, that Hampton thing. Because I was feeling Let some type of way. I'll give quick. a because I'm a both sides type of person. But I don't know but what the parameters is too. So let me just say this. If I were Hampton University, if doing that gave me a tax break of some sort, I would too. And if you're getting additional federal funding that allows you to do other things for your students and stuff, I'm with that. If but there's no additional to... money that's coming with that, and my students are over here struggling to get loans, and you're well, giving I'm, these I'm, people free, I can I'm going to have a problem much, with that. I'm pretty sure they're get, they will receive some type of reimbursement or well you'll get the normal federal dollars off top because, for having because giving something away giving a package like that away would have to trigger something on the back end it just it just would well you know you get the normal federal dollars per enrollment right. that you're going to get but still i'm wondering if there's enough supplemental income coming in to offset what you're spending out for this influx of students when you have your babies already in there that's I'm, that's I'm an sure. issue I'm sure there's there's a there's a, a additional reason behind it because right. just like why is Howard on, on on the news now for having problems with their Falcon again? Like Howard them in the news all year for causing problems, and that's our mecca and that's our mother university. But I'm gonna leave that alone because I'm an Aggie and an Eagle, so I'm gonna sit down over here. I'm gonna sit down. Well, I didn't attend a black of, college because I got to go to a white people. one for free. So <laughs> ain't nothing like free. That why you sound like that. That's exactly why I sound like this. Oh, God. I know. Listen, we've been friends for a long time, so I can talk about it. Y'all yeah. mad, judge your mother. Okay. Anybody <laughs> think about you, Dante? I know. It's all good. It's all good. Listen. Yo, Dante, I appreciate you always having these conversations, man. You know, Man, look, some of these it's, conversations it's always are, good to be around black intellectuals. Some of these conversations are hard, a hard pill for people to swallow. They don't like me having them publicly, but you know, we should. We we should have it publicly so we can understand where each other's coming from more often, you know. Because and if to you Sean's point, to Sean's point, we don't we didn't always traditionally have people that talked about stuff like this. And there are people who still come up who don't have people who talk about stuff like this. So if they each one teach one, I don't mm -hmm. have any secrets. I will tell you how to do anything and everything I know how to do. And it's good that we disagree on things. Right, correct. Because correct. we're not monolithic. So, but we are all, all us blacks ain't, don't want to be successful. <laughs> I hate y'all. I, I really hate you. We really... don't want to be successful. We just want to throw them balls 
and sing them songs and do them dances. We don't if you don't mute her, Ebony, if you Ebony, don't Ebony, mute her, I, I really, really don't like you. If you, you don't, don't get your sister. But listen, no, no. So now, um, <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. She pulled me in. She pulled yeah, me she, in. I'm she, sorry. she really did pull you in. Listen, the people in the chat room. I see Tara in there. Jerry, thank you all for listening. Hi, Tara, love you. Yeah, Appreciate oh, your family. Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, Tara's in here. My bro, I know my brother Andre's in here watching. My sister was watching. Thank you all for you know. I'm gonna say like your favorite, your favorite preacher. Thank you all for tapping in. And and if you want to support, if you want to support us, you can always cash app us. Uh, let me put my cash app in here. I'm gonna do just like they do. All right. I, I want ten percent as your agent. <laughs> I want ten percent as your agent. I'm just saying. I, I, let's see if I remember my cash app. You throw my, cash app up my, cash app, my cash app is in there in the comments. You want to cash app us to support? So us support. Oh, Actually, you can go on to Spotify. I, I prefer you go to Spotify, but you can do it at Apple Music also. Go to Spotify. Y'all still support Spotify. I, I am. I don't have no issue with Spotify because, you know, Joe Rogan can say the N-word just like I say it on my show every once in a while. It is what it is, you know. Yeah, Get rid of Joe Rogan. Uh, listen, I'm, I, you know, I got bigger things to watch. So I'm about to get that 888. You know what? Every, I, there's a lot of stuff I don't support. But. Listen, give me, that, give me that 888. Yeah, that's right, Terry. Give me that 888. Um, that's funny. He going to beat me. He going to be like, really, Dante? You, you taking my line? Uh, give me that 888. Um <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your podcast from, look up the Deacon Board. We actually really just want you to support the show. Subscribe so you can see when we're on air. You can go to our Facebook page and hit us up there. Sean Cunningham is on Facebook. Sean Cunningham. Listen, don't. He's at, at Sean Cunningham. He's on the, he's on IG. You don't, tell, don't, tell him to stay away from me. You know something wrong yeah, with me. Tell I was going to say, don't from. give my information because I don't want anybody Well, Ebony got warrants. So we just that's why she in California right now. She can't come to the East Coast no more. So if that's her real name, you know how she has to change her name over here. I was going to say, so I two weeks in New York in November. Sean, let me tell you, I can go where I want to go. I just don't want to. I was in L.A. I was in L.A. last year. And I was like, yeah, let me call Eb, see how she's doing. You know, because she met, she, you know, she knows she's helped us out with some stuff before from a business standpoint. So I call, I'm like, hey, I'm in, I'm in your city. And she's like, whatever, I'm in New York. I'm like, oh, okay. How long you been in New York? I've been there for a month. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. I oh, know that was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was 2020. She can't go back. Because remember, she changed her name on Indeed so she can get a job. Um, Read between the lines. Listen, you got to, like they said in the Players Club, you got to use what you got to get what you want. Because Stripper started back <laughs> in Africa. Use that middle name. <laughs> stripper started, you say Stripper started back? Stripper started back? Stripper started back in Africa. <laughs> Something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. All right, man. Thank you all for joining Much us. Much love, listen. family. Y'all have Bye a good guys. night. Thank you all again. Listen, listen, Cash App. Hit us up on that Cash App right there. I'll do like they do. Y'all have a good night. Y'all be, be easy, family. Peace. Peace.